Welcome, thinkers, to Season 4, Episode 18 of Thinking Critically, a D&D discussion. Continuing the trend, this is now a video podcast, so if you feel like it, you can head over to my YouTube channel. If you just search Think Crit D&D or Thinking Critically D&D, you should be able to find me, and the link will be in the episode description, as per usual. Or uh, on Spotify itself, you should be able to watch this as a video on there as well, he says, fingers crossed. Uh, so yes. <laughs> oh yes, uh, and you'll probably notice that my video in this one is a bit choppy. I'm not sure what happened. My frame rate was just like single digits for my webcam at that time. So please look past it. Hopefully now you can tell I've improved it somewhat. But yeah, otherwise, please accept my apologies and that isn't going to happen in future episodes. Oh, and of course, if you're watching the video, you could even see now my cute little doggo down there. And if you're listening to this on the day it drops, then you can find me playing in our Dungeons Dice and Dudes stream on Sunday the 29th. If you go to twitch.tv slash ddndpod, ddndpod, you will find me and our lovely DM Nathan, the Briggsy, playing our Romaris campaign. So go ahead and check us out there if you want to see me as a player. Otherwise, let's get on with the show. And today I'm joined by Harlan. Thank you ever so much for joining us today, Harlan. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, my name's Harlan. I live in Rhode Island in the United States. I've been playing this game since 1978. I've been a dungeon master since 1984. And I, I, I think that just makes me old. Really. <laughs> experienced, experienced. Yeah, yeah, we'll call it experience. When I became disabled, I suddenly had a lot of time on my hands. And I had a hobby sort of just waiting for me. And I I just dove into it. Dove into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you have a wealth of experience then, which is great for today's topic, which is world building. So what does that word mean to you? And it is a single word. Don't at me. What does that word mean to you <laughs> uh, in the D&D and wider TTRPG framework? Uh, the, it's different for each world builder. Uh, from what I understand, there's three distinct kinds of world building. The way that I do it, uh, the way that I like to play, and the way that I like to structure my games is um, I create the scene and the very first scenario. And then I just throw the characters at it. So I know everything around them and what's happening. All the NPCs, what their accents would be, what they would be eating, what the smells would, you know. I'm more able to just react to whatever the characters want to do. Um, because I have this philosophy of saying yes as often as possible. Mm -hmm. So I just, um, I really design the scene before i design the game okay so if you, okay so then when you let's define those terms then so we know a little bit more what you're saying so when you say scene what would you define that as then it would be anything 
from about a piece of action, I guess. Okay. Um, anything from a good good bit of role play to a combat encounter. Um, I like to throw. I, I just call them beauty encounters. And I don't, but like you know, you know, you roll a one on a d six. Oh, a random encounter. Well, mm -hmm. you roll a six on a d six. You should see how good looking that vista is. That's so <laughs> vista. Okay. So I just make sure I have the vistas there, and it's also it's a very cathartic hobby. Yeah. Oh yes. The the world building aspect of it specifically, yeah. Yeah, it's really good for getting outside of myself. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's let's dive into that then specifically. We'll come back to the other elements later, but then I want to talk about. And there's a reason why I'm so hot on this is because I've recently started looking at myself getting back into 40k Warhammer, right? I was in it once a lot and I, I, I went cold turkey and pulled out and yeah, so I find myself being pulled back in again. And I'm having to remind myself before I go and drop way too much money that like there's a lot of painting down low and you're not very good at it <laughs> and it takes a long time. But I love the kind of, oh, if I take one weapon off of the air, that gives me some points back, which then gives that person a different power, which means that this, that, like, I love that. And of course, I love having a big fantasy war game because who doesn't? That's, that's really cool. But what I'm getting at is then there's different, like, you can bundle it all in together in Warhammer, but there's very much different, like, different pillars of that hobby. And you can be really, really, really passionate about one or two of them and not so much about a third and, and vice versa. And I often don't think, like, I don't think of D&D &D in that same way, which is my fault in that I, I just, again, I maybe haven't spent enough time with it, but I, it does all get kind of bundled up into the one big flow of DMing and then playing. It's all this one big homogenous experience for me. So it's, it's really interesting to then to, to come at it from that point of view that like no consider world building this like a self-contained activity almost you know uh, that it, it itself is the goal i guess maybe that's what i'm trying to communicate that like world building is a means to an end whereas yes. it can very much be its own goal its own reward right that and that right there is why i do it i have discovered world anvil and they not only have a SQL base that I can link everything to and keep everything together, but um, they have writing prompts. So say I need a new character and I'm, I can't, there's, there's something I can't, I just can't figure out how to write. They'll have a prompt right underneath the content box. It's a really great, great tool. Um, especially, so I have, I have brain damage. That's how I, I'm, I'm out of work. And so I need that, um, that connection to be able to connect everything, you know, mm -hmm. and it works so well. And it's, I've been able to start putting everything in it. Like I've, I've been designing this world for 30 years. I don't know. I, it's so cathartic. I've got about a quarter of a million words into it. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been doing it for a while. Um, but the the words that Word Anvil will give you a word count, and so okay. I've got almost a quarter of a million a million words written. I'm 
you're, you're robbing me of I like to flex on people because I say, oh, I did, you know, I did my university dissertation. I did 10,000 words this year, 10,000 words that year. That's just like nothing now. That's pathetic. <laughs> I'm, I'm in, I'm, you know. This is many years though. <laughs> yeah. It's not. still, you know, I'm in awe. That, that's a, that's a, fun, I mean, even in my D&D world that's been going on a good, I guess if you include the first like beta test I ran on it, like four years is nowhere. Near, oh, I mean, I don't know the number because the tools I use aren't that great, but, uh, it definitely isn't anywhere near that. So that's that's phenomenal. Um, actually, do you know what? I'm lying to you all because I do write. I used to write the episode recaps, and then I was keeping those in chronological order because then that kind of is a story written in of itself. And at one point, I did migrate them all into something that could count how many words there are. And I was like, "Holy shit! That is actually about 10k here." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, "Whoa." Man, when I was at uni, I was stressing so much about hitting that word count, and this time I've just like done it, like for fun. There. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I've I've um, delegated that task to my players, so they they write it and then they read it out, and I get to put my feet up, uh, and it's great now. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good good practice. Yes, yes. So yeah, World Anvil then, because I have a I've heard of it, and B I have. I, I tried it briefly you know years ago i you know poke my, you know you see it online put your nose in have a little look yeah yeah I, is that the one that you can do can you do um i know you can like maps and put pins on maps and have the text kind of pop out of of that yeah was, was that the yeah. one where you can do like timelines like you know like epochs and stuff as well yeah because that that's that's what originally drew me to it to be like at the moment, I'm doing it Excel, and it's clunky and doesn't really look like a timeline. <laughs> yeah, it's got timelines and chronicles, so you can break a timeline down into um, individual years, months, days. And the mm -hmm. chronicle is helpful if you have something happening over time. So the way that I that I've written what's going on now, I've got three different groups that are in the world at the same time, working sort of towards the same goal, just from different angles. Is that is that player groups? Yes. Oh, yeah. oh okay, brave. Yep, awesome. <laughs> oh, it's so fun too because they're so bloody chaotic. Ah, uh, yes, of course, because you DM for one of my previous guests, don't you? I do. I do, Aaron. Yes. yes. And on his episode, he was saying about how he, well, one of his sessions, they met one of the other parties. And now it's all coming together. It's all making sense now. <laughs> yeah, they, um, they all came together for sort of a desert death match at one point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's more of a, you know, the writing of it for me, the creating of the world and the creation of the story, uh, the plot line, I guess, is, is that's the big draw for me. Mm. I, as much as I love playing, I love playing because of my friends that I'm with, you know, it's not so much, oh, I love doing math. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I was, I was just trying to find, yeah, Aaron was on uh, Chaos, I think, probably appropriately enough for... Aaron uh <laughs> he was and yes you are correct <laughs> <laughs> I know I know you won't mind us uh, saying that <laughs> um but yes of course and I remember him saying about how they're jumping off a, 
uh, airship onto another airship or something, and he's ch- he's changing into a tree and all this other kind of stuff. And again, that that kind of multiple PC in a single world. I don't know. I'd I'd, I'd need to do some serious prep for that before well, I see. Feel when I brought the three groups together, I also asked Ron from Severed Sons. Oh yes, to to be another DM. So we ah. had two DMs running the game at the same time. Okay. Okay. And how how was that? Just, we're going to digress a little bit there, but I am I am curious because on one of my previous episodes, the end of season one live, I spoke to a lady then and she was saying about how she was kind of helping to co-DM. So I just wondered how that how that worked for you. So, well, in this particular play, we just um, would, we did it over Discord. We would just DM each other if anything strange came up, which of course, strange things came up because all of a sudden a tree <laughs> showed up on one of the airship. It's an airship. It's going to start sinking. So then, you know, he and I had to talk back and forth about how fast is it going to sink? What happens if it crashes? Of that course. kind of thing. But I also am very much of the mind of let the players play. Mm-hmm. Let them write the story. I love that. I love that. Okay, that's that's a good segue then, because I wanna, I am gonna put you on the spot now, right? All right. Because you said earlier how you love, you know, that the world building aspect is a goal in of itself, and you really love this, you know, this epochs and spanning, and you know, a huge world. And then on the other hand, you've also said, you know, let the players write the story. And the reason why I want to ask you about how you manage those sometimes two opposing forces is because that's often a problem that a lot of newer dms have is that how do i let go of my creation almost (laughs) certainly how i feel sometimes so how how do you approach that on these such you know these grand vast scales of a quarter of a million words like how how do you manage that with the players i find a good group of people yep and then i look forward to whatever the hell it is that they do I, lo- I love the elegance. <laughs> that that game with Aaron and Plume, just for example, he 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 had been dead broke. He came into like ten thousand gold all at once, and he put it all on black. <laughs> Lost it. Did not care. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> it was just so hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I think I love the elegance of that that answer. You know, like so. You know, it would be very easy to be to go off into the academia of like do this, do that, and eighty percent and twenty percent and all this other stuff. But I think that answer of like find a group, good group of players, is literally the silver bullet of pretty much ninety nine percent of <laughs> of TTRPG questions. Uh, and I am exceptionally fortunate to have found three groups of good players that i <laughs> same, same here same here very very fortunate indeed because you obviously there's it's it's hard harder and, and and harder obviously to be clear there are no you know there are, infrequently is it a bad game it's just not a game for for you or the people you're not playing with you don't vibe with and that's totally okay and that's you know time to to find a different game until you strike gold it's just that yeah as i said um exceptionally lucky to <laughs> yeah i to, struck to, gold i did yeah. i got these, these just good people to begin with and then they're amazing players 
they they're am- they should not be alive right now. <laughs> <laughs> their characters should not be around. <laughs> so, in that case, then, well, let me let me reframe the question. Then, actually, let me let me let me put myself out there first. So, for my big ninety-plus session, three-year going campaign with varying players of some of another one's just dropped out recently unfortunately due to life matters which again is totally okay so that brings us back down to four players going forward the way i do it right is i've got a big bad that's fine they have a plan that is kind of in motion i don't know i don't want to say too much the players can kind of pick and choose their way to getting MacGuffins that will help them against the big bad. And then each of those MacGuffins is kind of a self-contained story with a beginning and a middle and an end. So that, that's, the, the, that's the overarching like story. There's a big bad. He's got some eldritch, unknowable, mischievous scheme. Probably, maybe. Who knows? He's a baddie. For, that's, all that, that's all they need to know at this point. Um, and I guess... Um, answering the own question here by saying I haven't gone into that much detail yet because you guess you don't need to until you get to that point. But, uh, and yeah, each individual chapter as I'm calling them or arc or book, um, is mm. its own beginning and middle of an end. And how I do those is I kind of start with a conceit or a cool idea. Like, wouldn't it be cool if they went to a place and X was happening and it caused Y and then it all just kind of explodes out from there so that's that's how i tend to do it and then although obviously the dm's in control and there's a a bunch of actors and by actors i mean in a scientific term in this kind of bubble there are things happening and people with goals objectives and stuff but it's a closed system the way i see it in my head is that the players come in and they they are the the external agents that come in and have the agency to go and do and, and change things more than the average person can inside that bubble. So things are happening in a bubble, they come in, and that's when we divert from the true thread of time that would have happened if they <laughs> if the players hadn't been there. So the benefits of that, for me at least, are that I'm not like the whole point is that the you know the players are these agents of chaos that can come in and have the agency to go and change the future in in a way in a weird sense the more i'm explaining it the more i'm like i have a predestined future and the players are all like i like time travelers almost they're like changing the course of history but in fact they're not because it hasn't really happened yet it's only happened in my head i've gone like way navel gazing right now <laughs> i've got you you've just you've just humored me as I slipped into like this spiral of God, what am I doing? <laughs> but, no, that was great. <laughs> so how, how does that, how does that align with like you uh, and there are other, are there better ways to do it? There, <laughs> but- So it, I do it by uh, it's different per, per big baddie. Uh, the one at the moment has usurped hell as Medeus is a bartender in a little town out West. And, so she's already been working towards the power. Vast organization. Her plans are already in motion. Mm-hmm. And then the players find out, oh, shit, I, I better go stop this. Or she's going to do what? You know, things like that. She kidnapped an entire village's worth of people. 
so she could put them in her tamarind trees, which eat the people, transfer it in yeah. the it, It's a thing. Um, but they were like, what? They, she did what? And so they went and raided her. Yeah. It's, um, it's more like that, you know? So when they come upon the scene, there's, there's just already something happening. There's already something going on. Mm. Yeah. I think that's what I've, I did as well. I think that really helps also galvanize the party and new players by having that like, oh, something's already happening. So you're kind of got the stream is flowing. So a metaphor that has just appeared into my head, instead of like plonking the players into a lake, you're plonking them into a river. And there's a bit of a, a current that's like, yeah, you've got the, the width of the river, but like you're going in a, <laughs> you're going and things are moving in this particular direction. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a great metaphor. <laughs> I was hoping you, you weren't going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, no, that's a great metaphor. If you, I, I, I almost went off on a tangent. I apologize. No, please advance. go. What, what do you think I've just been doing for five minutes? Please, please yeah, go but this ahead. This was going to be about electrical current and how <laughs> <laughs> the voltage is the river and the amperage is yes. the power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, so it, it it really is. It's a good metaphor in that it just makes a lot of sense in a whole lot of different levels. Uh, yeah, I'm absolutely familiar with the the voltage current amps, or the other one they use is like the width of the pipe and the flow of the water through the yeah, pipe. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Familiar, familiar with that one. And I also don't have my expectations for the end set in stone. Uh huh. They could lose. Hmm. Yeah, and in this particular case, if they lose, the primordial annihilation is going to consume everything. So that is—I mean, I completely agree. I've yes, if they go most common, the most likely path, they're going to end up in a in a confrontation with the big bad. And yes, you can bet that he's going to have his monologue. Come hell or high water, I'm going to mute them all on Discord if I have to. But he's going to have his damn monologue. I'll mute them in game and in real life. <laughs> but then, following that, like they they could absolutely lose, like for sure. I, I'd, I'd kind of be reticent to play in it to, to be a player in a campaign if I knew. Oh, okay. Like if if it got to a point where it was down to a final swing, and I'd, I'd be like, oh, I know the DM's just going to give us this. I'd be like, oh, okay, well. Right, like that's it's over. It's right, over now. Right. Before we haven't, before we've even rolled the last dice, which is to me the whole point of the game, you know. So, I I want that last roll of dice to be like, oh my god, this is make or break. Like that, <laughs> those are the, right. the shocking it's moments. Right, clenching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we we we've had them on a on a micro scale, and the 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 campaign that I play, and then there's another podcast, the Dungeons Dice and Dudes guys, where. Yeah, it's not sort of like big like world ending events, but in the micro of like I could save my my fellow party member here, or you could die if I don't get this misty step off properly, or I take an opportunity attack from the misty, you know, from moving away, and then that will be the one that knocks me down. Like those they're the bits that are like you remember, they're like locked right. in your head. Um, and that's why I, I love the idea of you know, in in the world you build, there being the, the the chance to fail i guess <laughs> to get <Yeah>. real like <laughs> and they have plenty of chances to fail too because you know the big bad there's all kinds of little bads underneath her mm. and not all of those little bads are dumb 
They're mm. not just going to show up to a battle and be like, let's fight. They're going to use the terrain to their advantage. Yeah. If their hideout is a warehouse, they're going to know everything about the warehouse. Yes. Yes. If they're anything like, you know, a criminal, they're going to look and figure out how to defend it, how to, how to see if somebody's coming, how to, uh, you know, just like defenses, alerts. Yeah. There would be all kinds of different things set up. It wouldn't just be them in a back room playing cards. I, lo I love this because I can see, I can see it, even though we're separated by thousands of miles, I can see the, the diamonds in your eyes when you're talking about that stuff. I can see that's why you love the world building because you're, you're having those <laughs> thoughts now of being like, oh, and what if they set up, you know, they had a century and they'd know that there's like a trap door between these two rooms that they could, you know, they, they right. turn around a, a stack of, you know, boxes and they would just disappeared, but it's because they've gone through a secret entrance that only they know. Like that, that is, again, for me as well, that is, I, I love the anticipation almost, you know, of those, those kinds of, oh, I've set this thing up. I'm so looking forward to what the players are going to do with it. Like, if, oh, if they yeah. go one way or the other. <laughs> I said warehouses, that's because I just did that. <laughs> yeah, it's it was just on the top mind. of my mind. I love doing that. Yep. This is, here it is, right here. Mm -hmm. Go. <laughs> I've got in, in in my game a good example of that is uh, if I do say so myself, is uh, I, I think I mentioned it on the previous show. Sorry, listeners. Uh, my, my party have got a, a group of doppelganger, not literal doppelgangers. It's not like doppelganger gangers TM stat block. I mean, people that look like them. They're, but they're race and class swapped. It was meant to be a goof. It turned into like, oh no, this is now like a. a straight up story beat so instead of a goliath <laughs> barbarian it's a goliath rogue and instead of the elf rogue it's a total rogue and they're all kind of exchanged up and down all the names are anagrams somewhere easier to anagram out uh but one of the one of the players was called smith and i didn't have a whole lot to work with so that became tim sh or tim yeah. as we like to say now anyway uh, the, the the focal point of the two groups is because I wanted to focus on this one of the players, a human warlock. So that's the only combination that wasn't swapped to, to highlight to the players. This is his kind of backstory thing. So there's a human warlock in the other group and he is like a mirror of, and I, I, re I love playing it because that guy is, is, is charismatic in life. He's charismatic ca character, very annoying character, very like, I'm the leader. Everyone listen to me. I'm the best. La la la. You're all my peons and you'll do what I say. And everyone follows me and they all kind of humor him and put up with him. So I loved playing a foil to that because then all the players are like, oh my God, there's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he is, he can be insufferable. Like that's, that's his whole shtick, both him and his, his, his copycat. Anyway, the two parties are traveling together and I had a great idea that wouldn't it be fun if one of the other party they didn't like their human warlock quote unquote leader in fact they were like we kind of had enough of this shit so in the night they approached one of the player characters who had who had exhibited interest or exhibited like disdain for the for their equivalent human warlock and this this npc was like hey have you heard of a bard's tale called strangers on a wagon and I was lucky that the player is familiar with the film Strangers on a Train. And they were like, yes, I've heard that in a bar somewhere. And this NPC was like, well, if you're, just in case you're not familiar, there's a situation where two individuals, you know, they have, a, they have a problem with 
each with their own third party and they they come to an agreement where they they help each other out with this problem and there's plausible deniability and alibis and all this kind of stuff not all of us are super happy with our name of the human warlock i get the impression that all of you are happy with your human warlock do you want to do you want to agree do you want to do something do you want to come to an agreement and that was it that, that was all i had in my head that was the setup I want to ask that question to one of the players and see how far they're willing to push that party dynamic to be like, oh, that would be interesting to see what happens. <laughs> uh, and that's pretty yeah. much where we left where we left it. I said, uh, the NPC said, you know, if you agree, give me this, you know, wear a corsage or, you know, give me a special sign tomorrow morning when we, when we set out adventuring and then I'll know and I'll, I'll do my part of the deal basically uh and then I, I met with the player today and he was like oh i don't know what to do <laughs> i think it might be cool if i do this but maybe i'll do this and this that and the other so yeah uh that whole anecdote was just to say like I, I i didn't like he could agree to it he could not agree to it he could backstab he could double backstab and do a whole switcheroo and the whole thing could go crazy but just posing the question i think maybe the best way to say this is as a as a world builder Yes, you need to kind of have the fluff and have a world to live in, but a lot of the job is posing questions. Would you? Would you? Yes. Would you agree with that? I sure would. Yes. <laughs> like how? How could you kill with cuteness? So that came up one time. I've got these little, little furry, cute little balls that have no, absolutely no use that anybody can tell. They bounce around like super balls. And they go, wahoo! <laughs> uh, nobody's been able to figure out what they do except multiply. Okay. When you look away from them, you know, if there's one there, you look away, you look back, there's two. Oh. You look back again, there's four. So it's a whole compound thing. And like, I, you know, I'm going to, I'll come back to Plume. So these things filled up a minecart that they were in trying to survive on a trek through an underground system. Mm -hmm. And they were like, what the hell are we going to do with these things? <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, yeah, all kinds of posing questions. That's a beautiful way to put it, man. <laughs> and then straight up, that's legit. I just thought of that as I was halfway through my verbal spiel. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. What, ha what would happen if... Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And I, I can trust that again, like we said earlier on, like I'm I'm lucky that I can trust the players that especially the human warlock player, he's very much like a slave to the to the the story, right? So he's he's more than happy to be like, Yeah, if he dies, he dies. Like that's great. That's why I, I want the story to be like that. Like please don't pull your punches down below. So I'm very happy that if he's like, Oh shit, I'm getting betrayed by my own party this is sick like yeah i'm gonna fight to the death as my character but as me i'm like fully on board this is great like please kill him <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and to use the whole um train anecdote Mm. I'm starting a murder mystery in a couple of weeks with some good players, really good people. Um, and it's 
it involves a luxury train. You know, again, this is this is not a brand spanking new idea. Mm-hmm. There are boats involved. There are luxury coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's 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 all about this luxury ride, and the man who owns it was killed. Right. So the party's job, the party has been hired to solve the mystery. So just from experience, I have an independent investigator available. So when things are missed for too long, yeah, we can bump things along in the right direction. Yeah. The only word springing to mind is legally, but y- you know, part of the story without, without. Yeah. In, in universe rather than like the hand of God. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that is, you know, absolutely necessary for two reasons. One point and click and adventure games have been doing it for decades of like, use the hint system and we'll put a glitter around the item that you need to click on. That's because, because point two is that nothing is less fun, certainly as players, than just being like, what? What's like completely pulling blanks without even a thread to like that? Oh, everything just kind of stops. And I've been there as a DM. I've gone through that pain of sitting there and being like, (laughs) God, what do I do? Nothing's happening. And they're all getting bored and they're all getting like frustrated. And, but, but I can't just tell them the answer because then I've like, and I've been there. And it is, that is one of the trickier predicaments for a DM. To find themselves in because they are torn between oh i should just tell them because now they're frustrated and rule number one is don't have frustrated players should be having fun but then oh god rule number two is like don't take away their agency and oh god what do i, <laughs> what do, I do right 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 i throw a lot of um there's this big global organization not global even say there's just a, a organized crime in in the city yeah they're going to make mistakes. They're going to have guys that are pissed off at other guys. And they're going to have guys that, and, and people that just go to the cops because they're pissed off at something. So when it would stall, I would throw a mistake at them. Ah. <laughs> you know, like a disgruntled postman or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then he, he walks by muttering something and they're like, oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Throw like throw a mistake at them again, because it's totally believable and in universe. And most players probably wouldn't even spot that use of that particular DM's toolkit of giving them a little nudge in the right direction because it is so innocuous to be like, oh, shit. There. Wow. OK. There's a little something for us to uh, to get our teeth into. Right, right. You know, somebody that's like, oh, I'm going to go over here and mutter. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds suspicious to me. That sounds like something's going on. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I should follow him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing crime. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Black and white striped T-shirt, yeah, the whole whole lot, yeah. (laughs) One thing I I did want to talk about in today's discussion, and we're kind of, with that last example, we're kind of moving in that direction, is 
a lot one of my friends he especially when we talk about video games he is a sucker for environmental storytelling and i'm like yeah but the rest of the game's like crap just because they've got like a teddy bear on a chair doesn't suddenly elevate it to golden globe level but that's his <laughs> that's the thing he's after environmental storytelling so for the kind of things like the division video games are very um uh you know i've got a lot of of that like there'll be corpses in a in a certain place and like fallout does a lot of it too where there's like the bones of somebody in the bath or there'll be a, a couple in bed next to each other and you're like oh here's a story that's being told to me just statically in the environment rather than exposition through a talking npc or something and i've been trying to think in preparation for today's episode what other equivalences in ttrpgs when you're trying to world build how to do them you know successfully or subtly i guess is probably a better way to do it because a difficulty certainly i i've had less so now i've got more experience with my players and they've got more experience but certainly earlier on is that everything the dm describes is a clue and suddenly we have to chase that white rabbit until the ends of the earth when it was actually just a, a white rabbit you know yeah um, so how can you have or do you have any tips or advice for building that those worlds that are interesting and diverse and dynamic and fulfilling and have a lot of storytelling just because the all the postmen walk with a limp because some weird historical reason why you know like without them being like wait a minute maybe all the postmen are part of some secret limp walking cult that have sacrificed their leg to summon a demon and suddenly i mean to some people that would be like oh yeah great let's do that but sometimes you you know a stick is just a stick <laughs> yes in cities a lot of the times i use street food ah innocuous because enough <laughs> now i'm talking about something that they freaking know is not a clue you know <laughs> it's just some guy selling whatever he's selling yeah it depends on the city that yeah of course but uh yeah i'll, I'll use i i know what you're saying so i i think what i do is i over explain maybe over over describe mm -hmm. i try to i try to set up you know what what it smells like what the sounds outside yeah. are which is not anything original no but if i if i go on about it for like two whole minutes <laughs> then they know it's not a white rabbit <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think in your defense i think it's much harder to over describe than it is to under describe and i again again that's a very classic like you go into a room it's got red walls and there's a couple of chairs and tables that it, it, that could do with a little bit more embellishment of like the floorboards creak when you walk in and there, there there's like a musty smell in the air and you can see like damp on the walls like from condensation and that and that that kind of stuff so yeah i think it's it's a lot easier shall i say to under describe than it is to over describe so i wouldn't i wouldn't too, I feel too bad <laughs> about that <laughs> yeah i'm just because uh, i've i've had it before where you just want to bring in some goofy npc and suddenly they're like the be all and end all and the story just either is now completely different or whatever which i guess you know i'm, I'm it sounds like i'm making that out to be a bad thing but you can't always have every NPC there interact with be a person of interest. Sometimes they are just a dude. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just a tailor. Just a tailor. 
Yeah. His name's Bert. Bert the Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that is that is something I struggle with still to this day. Not as much as I said, but there's still instances when I'm like, he's just a dude of a family, like who who doesn't want to speak to random strangers on the street because that's kind of sensible, especially when they're armed to the teeth. He he's not hiding anything. He just doesn't want to tell you about his life story, and that's it. Uh, and those that, that that is that is tricky. Um, I'm trying to think of any advice I can give off the top of my head for DMs who might be in that in that situation. Of course, if you if you want to if you, if you do find yourself in that situation, have you ever found yourself in that, or do, or do you just as you said you just embrace the where where oh, it goes? No, I find myself in it. I still even. You, trying to avoid it, I still end up <laughs> in the middle of it. Um, so there were just, I, I don't know, um, there's times that I just improvise. Yeah. And I, my players help with that a lot too, because if they're, even if they're following a white rabbit, it's fun. Mm-hmm. They're doing, they're just doing something hilarious. Yeah. And then once that plays out, they run into a mistake. Mm-hmm. Ah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, quick, follow that lady. So they go running down an alley following some drunk lady. Yeah. And they go smashing into Reza the Brainless's prize picture window. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, and oh, we're back in the story now. Yes. You know, we found ourselves back here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you have any any other examples of that, like environmental storytelling? Those little tidbits, like I said, like all the postman limp because of X, Y, Z. Like, do you have any examples of that, or maybe have you thoughts on good ways to, yeah, bring them in? I'm now thinking like all postman limp is a bloody great one to have. I can't think why they do. Just, just a, a quote. No, that is a good one. Yeah, <laughs> I try to make the NPCs each have some kind of an idiosyncrasy. Ooh. Everybody's got something fucked up about them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so this dude is no different, or this lady here is no different. You have no idea what she went through this morning. Yeah, Maybe absolutely. she was out of coffee. <laughs> you yeah. know? This, this could wind up being fun. Let's see what happens when... Mm-hmm. Plume talks to her, and she's all catty back at him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do, I do, I do like. The, again, that's that's a, a teaching element I have for for newer players. Is like, just because this person's being grumpy doesn't mean that they're like the enemy. It just means that they miss their alarm and are like late for work. And they're like, "Sorry, guys, right. I can't talk because I'm gonna miss the <laughs> the train." The and... boss has been an ass. It's yeah. Been... Bring down my neck. I got deadlines to meet, and you're now talking about where to find bandits. Like, fuck off! I'm, I'm kids' tuition is due. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing at the moment. There's a battle where the capital city is just in the middle of being destroyed. Okay, so there's some environmental storytelling going on there. Mm -hmm. I guess you would call it. In, um, I mean, it's. It's been, it was invaded by kobolds and then it was invaded by orcs and then it was invaded by Kraken because the big bad wants this place destroyed. Okay. They're having a bad day. 
<laughs> yeah, they have been having a couple of bad days in a row. Right. Two of the three parties are in the city. Okay. And with what's happening to the city and to the buildings around, I'm sort of telling each of them what's happening with the other. Mm. It's fun. Ah, <laughs> uh, this, uh, you know, it, it explodes right next to you. You're lucky you didn't get hit in the head with a flying brick. <laughs> what? What do you mean? <laughs> and that's because the other players have done something weird and wacky, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It, and I love it when they do it. I, I don't, I don't know. I know that there are some people who get, no, no, that's not the story. Mm. That's not how the story goes. And I, I just, I'm the opposite of that. <laughs> Fuck my story right up. Try. Come on, bring it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that immortal tug of war between the story and the players. And sometimes they end up on the same side and it's a wonderful resonance and other times very much not so and you're, you're playing tug of war and they're playing hopscotch and <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm on point with my analogies and metaphors i gotta say this episode um <laughs> i'm, I'm I did very like happy because <laughs> you know, if, if you're playing tug of hopscotch that could be uh, yeah yeah boom We've just done once in world building. That's a new game that people play in these worlds. <laughs> it must be a tabaxi game, right? <laughs> yeah. That 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 just reminds me of when, like, in popular culture and television and stuff, where they'll have a, a game, but they've like sci-fied it, like in Star Trek when they've got chess, but it's in three D, and it's like, whoa, right. this is space chess. Uh, <laughs> 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 like that's that's like what we're doing we're like needlessly complicated <laughs> tug of war and hopscotch it's like tug of war and hopscotch but a lot more difficult to understand <laughs> right because we're gonna throw some red rover red rover in there <laughs> just right in the middle but only for like five minutes yeah <laughs> um i wanted to ask about a lot of when people when people will typically talk about like world building uh they we, to go back to world and full there is a lot of like what do the gods do and how does magic work and how many gods do i have and what's the, and they they walk about and they visit people or they are not and they never do anything and that very big big picture high level stuff now i've got to think in your quarter of a million words you've got to have something on magic and the gods so I was wondering, like, why did you pick the route you picked? Did you reuse or use the the standard pantheon, or did you did you make your own? Because I know a lot of people find that qu quite an interesting part of it. I use the standard pantheon with a few additions. Mm -hmm. So the the long and short of it is the world that everybody lives on was populated by refugees from Earth. And then there were a couple of catastrophes like um, mass extinction events and society has to rebuild. And during those, you know, DNA splits off, races split mm -hmm. off. But also the way the multiplanar weave is set up where they are, it's all smashing together on their material plane. So there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Yoster, the fertility goddess, just walks around 
Moradin just lives with the dwarves and mm. has a party every night <laughs> that they drink a lot of beer, wine, women, and song, man. You know, that's Moradin's whole thing. Yeah. And that's, that's because, the, you know, they're all come crashing together and they see different aspects of themselves. You get different gods that are fighting with each other because they don't like their other aspect. And then it all just boils down into there's a bunch of different cults, <laughs> you know? Yep, classic. There's, yep. there's some – so the biggest change to the Pantheon would be that Agma is the head of it, the okay. god of knowledge. Right. So he's he's sort of top dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He's the big dog in the neighborhood. And um, is there is there a reason why you made that decision? Because the people that are saving the world, so to speak, are are um librarian monks. Rad. Cool. <laughs> very very forty K Warhammer, so I'm on board. <laughs> it, it's called the Order of Agma and they they're involved in everything. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So as, as I only off, I like I didn't know that beforehand. I only off commented like where the gods are walking around and stuff, and it is in, like I don't mine aren't like that. So it is cool to, to to obviously speak to somebody who is. And then while you were talking, it made me because about different aspects and stuff. And in my world, the gods are like how how would the be the best way to put them? Like um, you know, Greek or Roman, they are powerful humans. I, I think is maybe you know a way to describe it. So they they still have like they still fall in love. They still have arguments and stuff like that. They still like have very human traits. They just can sling lightning bolts as well. That, that kind of very typical gods. I think there is something that I want to try around having gods be personifications of an emotion. So like, there's no rhyme or like anger, for example, is just literally like, I'm just angry. Like there's no, you can't, I don't go around, I don't have fun. I don't, poke fun at Achilles and his heel and stuff like that. No, I'm just, I'm just the, the, you know, anger given form. And I don't, I can't be like reasoned with and neither can happiness because happiness is just like the same thing. You know, I, I, right. I'm just well building off the top of my head now, but I think there's something to say for, for that, like a pantheon like that, where it is just like, they are gods, but a very different way. Like it is just, we, we pray to happiness because everyone wants to be happy, but obviously there's, there's very much a downside if you are like drunk on happiness then you can't have the other range of emotions and stuff like that i i, I personally think that thing i've just improvised right now off the top of my head could be uh <laughs> it could be an interesting world to, to play around with i had deities that were um intelligent shades of light at one point okay and i i like the idea of the elemental deities living yes. in the element you know, um, Tolkien's Olmo, the god of the sea, wasn't just the god of the sea. Anywhere there was water, he had, from, from what I understand, he had yeah. influence. And so I, I run it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I, if, you know if, if it's a sea god, there's yeah. a lot of ocean-going adventures in, in, in my world. And yes. I think that might be because there was a lot of ocean-going in, in my own personal world. Yeah, you write what you know, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've just stumbled onto a huge world building tip. Like at the eleventh hour, write what you know. Well, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so they do. So you know, the deities of the sea, super powerful ocean creatures. Couple of ships that were mimics. 
that was set forth by Ukatoa, you know, <laughs> look what I can do. <laughs> Great. Go forth and create chaos. Yeah. 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 I need to like the way I did my, my current Pantheon very vanilla. I, I, I played it absolutely safe and I just took a subset of like forgotten realms law. And we're like, here's the seven main ones. I think three of those were derived from the players giving me their backstories and me going, shit raven queen right they're in it now the raven queen's in in the <laughs> yeah. universe let me find a pigeonhole to squeeze that in uh <laughs> yeah yeah the storm king what <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah f- funny you should mention that because one of the players his first character was a storm sorcerer yeah sorcerer storm sorceress origin and he'd done some googling and came back with talos as the, the god of storms or something and i was like okay right he is now in it i guess i gotta start putting his uh religious iconography around just to you know uh, yeah <laughs> let me let me find and that, it, that kind of built itself in that way uh because i was like they've given me a bunch and the the interesting thing there is that and i think i have mentioned it on the show before where we had one with the cleric it was death domain i think and had merkel as his deity who was like the Lord mm-hmm. of Bones and the God of Death. And then, of course, we had the Raven Queen uh, Hexblade Warlock, who is also kind of dabbling in spirits and the afterlife and where place people go to die and that kind of stuff. So I was like, oh, hey, this is a good opportunity to have those two fighting for control of the afterlife, essentially. Completely, you know, separate from the main quest. It's just these two gods are now like, well, no, we want to we want to manage ourselves. We want to be the new management of, you know, under new management sign flips over the door and it's like, well, now they all go to the shadow fell and they don't go to this weird Gothic skull cathedral. Cause that's <laughs> <laughs> scary <Right>. as shit. <laughs> right. I like throwing in hell. They're raiding hell right now for different things that they need. And, uh, on the seventh level, I set up the whole carnival. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with different uh games and prizes and yeah. vendors <laughs> and when i made the map is all you know the teacup ride <laughs> yeah, I love, I love over there. yes and i just love the idea of, of the hurdy gurdies playing and like imps walking around and yeah <laughs> some arch devil comes walking down main street or something yeah little thing of popcorn Oh shoot! What was I going to say the uh, I love I love how casual. There's been a couple of instances tonight where you've just been you've just so casually dropped in like a nightmare situation. Oh, they're raiding hell right now. Um, in, in the same way that I dropped in, that guy was late for his train, and I'm like, yeah, those two things are quite vastly different. Though. <laughs> like the other one. Oh, so they've been bes- you know besieged by this, this, and this. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. <laughs> I think you can tell that you've written uh, so much you have for your world just from the, the, the laissez-faire attitude towards apocryphal events that <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you wanted to talk about that we might've missed or haven't got, got around to yet. Not that I can think of. No, I just, it was a fun conversation. Good, good. That's what I like to hear. Well, uh, in that case, then, uh, is there anything you would like to plug or promote 
Oh, I'm not selling anything. Just come visit me on Twitter at Oni Harlan. It's O-G-N-I and H-A-R-L-E-N. Yep. Thank you. As usual, that link will be in the episode description. Do check him out. Uh, you can go check Aaron out as well, who was on, as I said, the Chaos episode. So if you want to go and hear the other side, you've heard from the DM. Now, if you want to go and hear from one of the players <laughs> and hear how he really is, you can go and listen to the Chaos episode. Otherwise, the only thing left to say is thank you so much, Harlan, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Good. Yeah. Uh, my pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, it's been, it has been a lot of fun. It's always fun to, to, to have these shoot the shit sessions with another DM where it's just like, oh, you did that. That's so cool. <laughs> it is. It I'm really is. That, it. I think that's why I find <laughs> this, this podcast so interesting. It really, it's a, you're doing this very well, Dan Alone. Oh, thank well you. Done. Thank you. You're plugging me now. That's not that's not part of the scheme. Hey, that, part yeah, of the I want to plug this this, this podcast. <laughs> it's called Thinking Critically. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you for that plug as well. <laughs> uh, thank you uh, to everybody for listening at home. As mentioned, everything's in the episode description. So please do go check that out. Otherwise, thank you all for listening and good night. Good night. And now it's time for the Patreon shout-outs. Thank you to Joe from the Fourth Leg podcast. Again, two-time guests of the show. And the Fourth Leg is a TTRPG podcast all about giving new GMs a leg to stand on. Please go and check them out at the Fourth Leg on Twitter. Thank you to Optional Rule, a two-time guest of the show and a very insightful and knowledgeable source of information. Please check them out at www.optionalrule.com. Huge, huge, huge thank you to a great friend of the show, Matthew Perkins, who's out there making hilarious and educational Dungeons & Dragons content. Please go and check out his stuff at matthewperkins.net, where you can find links to all of his socials and all of his content, including his own Patreon, which I would very much encourage you to check out. Thank you to Matt Street at mpstreet88 on Twitter for supporting the show. If you need support running your personal or business schedule, head to virtualtimehustle.com or on Instagram. Make that difference between should do and done. Boss it better with support from Kat, who will help you get back that essential time you've been searching for. If you would like to support what we do and get four shout outs a month, head over to patreon.com slash thinkingcritically, or you can just buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com slash thinkingcritically.